is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting female musicians and artists. Today, I am joined by multifaceted artist and self-professed creator-holic Elska. Elska, welcome to Women Who Rock. Thank you so much. Self, What was it? Self-professed, confessed, self-confessed, professed, creator-holic. That's me. Creator-holic. That's who I am. <laughs> Not only is that you, but I also have to say congratulations on being the first harp player Ooh. On this podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. And to be honest, I, I mean, I don't really know that much about heart, but over the last couple of days, I've been watching a lot of videos. And in watching your video, this is very pragmatic, but my first thought was, oh my God, how do you tune that? Is tuning a, <laughs> is tuning a harp a nightmare? It's actually not. It's actually not. They hold their tune really well, so they're only affected slightly by the weather. Um, and yeah, it's tuned, my harp's tuned in the key of C major for any music nerds out there. So all the strings on my harp are like the white keys on a piano. So it's just straight up and down the scale. So it's really simple. I just have a little tuning app on my phone and I use that to tune it and that's it. It's really, really simple. Have you played around with different tunings or do you always use the C major? Um, I'm a, I'm a, pop, a pop artist and, and so most of... All of my songs fit best if the harp's tuned in C, um, but I have played with generally harps are meant to be tuned into E flat. So that means you can then play in keys with sharps and flats, whereas my current tuning of my harp means I avoid songs that are written in flats because I have these levers that you pull down and you pu- each string has a lever on it and you pull it down and it shortens the string so it raises the pitch. So if you're playing... A song that's got a flat in it, you have to play A sharp, which is pulling the A string down, leave it down, and then it's also A natural, put it back up. So your hands are going up and down like crazy. So I just avoid it altogether. I just like rewrite it in a different key. Um, But I have played uh, on other people's harps and they're in E flat. And so it's a nightmare for my brain to figure it all out with what levers have to be down and up. And actually the harp that I have, which is made in Adelaide, by a man called Peter Kempster many, many years ago. He made his harps where you pull a lever down and it raises the pitch. And normally harps, you push the lever up and it raises the pitch. So not only when I play someone else's harp, the levers are like opposite. The strings are all like opposite too. So it's wow. it's been an experience when I've had to do that. <laughs> Can you tune it to like make it sound really dark? Because I guess the way you have it set up is for pop and that's what you do, so that makes heaps of sense. But can you make it like really dark and broody? Yeah, I'm sure. Like if you were, if you were, you know, tune it to different modal scales or things like that, you could definitely get some some strange sounds out of it. And, you know, I play with a loop pedal and that's really just for, you know, being able to make the sound bigger than myself and, and creating layers of, of sounds. But there is a harpist, a contemporary harpist in America. Her name is Lara Samoji. I think that's how you pronounce her surname. Apologize, Lara, if you're listening. But she 
she doesn't sing, but she plays the harp and she plays with distortion and all these crazy effects on her loop pedals and everything. She's like sponsored by Boss and like uh, she's got a Kamak harp sponsorship and it's like she plays for like Spielberg and film. She has a lot of film stuff. But, yeah, she does some weird stuff with the harp, um, which is really cool. So it's cool to see that the harpists that I have seen play in the contemporary world are all, even though it's a harp, like – the same instrument we're all doing something really different with it no one's mm. ever really done the same thing i haven't come across like harpists doing the same thing obviously classical it's classical but in the w- world of pop um yeah everyone's doing different stuff which is really cool i actually it's funny you mentioned that i was watching one of her videos about 20 minutes ago oh cool <laughs> it was part of my going down a harp based rabbit hole and yeah, I saw that she actually has some pedals from Earthquaker Devices, which I have for guitar. Oh, cool. Some like really crazy octave pedals. And she yeah. has one that's an organ as well called the Organizer. Yeah, right. Uh, so you play with a loop pedal. I do. Have you, have you ever considered adding effects pedals to, to your setup? Yeah, I think I would love to experiment more and branch out with things. I don't really know where I would go, what I would start with, because I'm not a tech brain. So I wouldn't even know like what to pick next. <laughs> My loop pedal, I have a um, a Boss RC300, so it's a three-channel looper. And it has built-in effects in it, like it's got distortion, it's got different things in it. But I found when I tried to play around with it, with the harp, it didn't really... I think because it's made for a guitar or, you know, it didn't really pick up. The effect didn't apply onto the harp and come out the speaker much. Like it wasn't mm. much distortion. Like it wasn't like if you pl- plugged a guitar in and you played it, you would hear the distortion. It was very like minimal. So it might just be something to do with the way that the it, the harp set up and the, and the input and the pickups and things that are in the harp. But, yeah, I'd love to um, – to definitely try some some different things and even something like totally random where it was like um, the heart became a trigger for beats or something. So like I don't know if you could even do this. I'm sure you could. But like if you pulled a string and it was like instead of having like a synth, like a, a keyboard like trigger for a sound, you were able to pull a harp string and it triggered a sound. That would be cool. Or like lights or something random. I don't know. Lights. Yeah. yeah like I mean, just the thing anything. That, it must be so complicated because there's so many strings that have such different pitch whereas like for for guitar you have six different strings but there's so many that would each kind of react differently if you're using something to modify the pitch yeah i don't guess you'd have to be careful that it doesn't just turn into like a soup yeah i have and then just and delays and and just yeah it could just get really messy so i've just tried to keep it pretty simple and mm. lighthearted and 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 feel good and happy and upbeat and it's almost has a qualities of I guess a style that I play almost has qualities of um like a ukulele like I'm not strumming on the harp but it has that real like happy vibe about it and and the harp doesn't sound that different to a ukulele uh so yeah and the beats I create like I use my harp as a drum so I hit the soundboard and can loop those uh, patterns so I have, I have a drummer in my band which is me um yeah. and then I use little vocal beats as well too like I'm definitely not a beatboxer but I can do enough like just to get past you know and add a little bit of something into my live shows um but yeah I love to explore developing 
developing my live show so that I'm actually less attached to my heart when I'm performing. Um, you know, I want to get up and I want to move around the stage and I want to be able to have, you know, sound things that I can have bigger sounding beats to my music Mm. and then playing the harp as well too. So that's my vision in the future one day is to be able to make that, make that happen somehow. It's kind of like BB King where he's either playing guitar or singing and not doing both. You kind of lay everything down. You have the music almost like as a backing track that you've just made. Yeah. And then you're the stage, it's, you're free. Yeah. So you're free to perform, which is what, I mean, I grew up as a dancer when I was a kid on stage at the Johnny Young Talent School from like four to 16. So I'm so used to being on stage and performing and connecting with an audience in that way. And so I'd love to, for some songs, be able to be freer of my instruments and be able to move around a bit more and just make bigger sounds. So yeah, it's all a journey and it's step by step, you know, you got to just one piece of equipment after the other otherwise you get overwhelmed with all the mm. stuff and you don't know what to do and then you just don't do it you just stop well the steps that you've taken are already unique i mean you're playing pop music with a harp and you're using a loop pedal as you mentioned before you're using it percussively as well it kind of reminded me of john butler where he oh, would cool. like tap all, tap yeah. all over his guitar like crazy to do the percussion um so yeah you're already in a unique space what was it that drove you to start using the loop pedal with your harp? Ah, big question. So I, uh, I'll go a little bit further back from that. So I have obviously been a musician my whole life and I studied music and I went into music teaching. And when I went into music teaching in, in high school, I really stopped playing and I stopped performing for a long chunk of time because so much of my creativity was given to others to serve them and help them get better, uh, which is great. And I loved doing it. And then I kind of realized after about five years that I hadn't really written any songs anymore and I hadn't really performed anymore. I used to play heaps at weddings when I was, you know, 18, 19, that was what I did. Um, but I'd never really played in like a cafe or a bar or anything like that, like most people do when they play, you know, when they're a muser and they come out of uni or whatever, that's what they do is for gigs. Mine was always the world of weddings, um, which suits a harp beautifully. Um, Mm. So I had this real big pull to come back to music about three years ago, three and a half years ago. I uh, had to figure out, how I did that and what that was going to look like. And I knew that for me, the harp was the instrument that made sense. When I used to play it as um, an 18, 19 year old at weddings, I didn't really enjoy playing the harp because it was for, for, it was for me, it was like work, you know, it was my job. So when you're going to doing your job all the time, you don't really, I never used to play the harp for my own personal enjoyment I'd I play the key uh, keyboards I'd come out home and play the keyboard I'd play my guitar or whatever else I'd do for fun but I knew when I came back to music when I was coming back and I was like okay I'm going to perform I'm going to like do this and this and this I knew it had to be the harp because I knew it was a point of difference so I then had to figure out how am I going to do this in a different way that I that I used to do it from because just playing it and accompanying myself is not enough for me personally. It doesn't challenge me. It doesn't push me. It doesn't allow me to grow. It doesn't allow me to explore all the things that I needed 
that I was kind of lacking from my nine to five job. So I jumped onto the internet and uh, and went to YouTube as well. And that's where I actually found Lara Samoji and her playing with a loop pedal. And then I saw a couple of other harpists playing with a loop pedal. And obviously I knew of artists like Ed Sheeran playing with loop pedals and, you know, it was round. But I was like, can you do this on a harp? And it turns out you can. So then that was pretty much it. I was like, okay, I need a loop pedal and I need to figure out if I can get one to connect with a harp. And so I contacted a harp maker who I knew in Sydney and he said, yep, I can put pickups in. I've done it before. Come down, bring your harp and I'll sort it out. And so it was literally like a month later, my husband and I planned a road trip and we're like, we're going to Sydney for a weekend. I'm getting this put in my harp. And then I drove to like a big music shop in Sydney and bought a loop pedal and like a vocal looper and an amp and and a microphone and leads and drove all the way back up with like two and a half grand worth of equipment. And I was like, now it's time to like figure out how to use this. And, um, and that was it really. Like, that's why the looper came about because I just, I needed something to stimulate my creativity again and make me excited about wanting to play, play and play this instrument. And so, yeah, that was what happened. It was like November. And then I think January I started, I did my first like cafe gig on the Gold Coast in that sense. And it was like, to me, that was like the pinnacle of success at that point in my life because I was like, (laughs) I've never done this before. This was the coolest thing ever. Like, so that that's the long story of how the loop pedal came into it. And uh, it's a great tool for creating and playing as well too and just exploring, especially when you're a solo performer and you don't have a band or you've never had somebody to play with it's an opportunity to like explore sounds and like just even just for songwriting and just experimentation and then obviously for gigging it's like it's my band like what do I do if it breaks I don't know um yeah so (laughs) that's that's the story it seems like that was a quite an ordeal to have access to the loop pedal I don't know if this is a stupid question but can you get it like an electric harp? Is that a thing? You can, yeah. So this is the next conundrum in my life of being a harpist um, in the way that I want to develop my live show and level up and make myself more physically accessible to performing different parts of the country and around the world. My harp is extremely heavy and doesn't fly. So uh, when I've had to do gigs in other parts of Australia, I've been lucky enough to be able to borrow some other harpists' harps and they're never the same as yours. Some of them have pickups in, some don't. Like it just, it's never been the same as mine uh, in the setup that I've got, but you just make it work. And so my conundrum is going down the road of getting a, a lighter harp or a smaller harp that's easier to fly with serves that purpose and allows me to tick that off the list, meaning I can go wherever I want, whenever I want to. And, but the problem is with, um, I might lose the ability to use the harp percussively as a drum. So Ooh. it then means I'm incorporating beats into my music, programmed beats versus being able to hit on my harp and make it that way. So you kind of have to go, you know, I could have both. Like I could get a harp that's easier to travel with and then depending on what the gig is or what the performance requires of me, I can make a determination of what I use. But, yeah, you can get electric ones, and but then you wouldn't be able to, obviously, like I said, 
you know, there's no sound board in there. There's no resonance of the wood. You're not going to get any of that in it. It's just the harp, straight harp and and whatever effects you put on top of it. So there is no perfect harp, I don't think, which That's is probably certainly... like guitarists where they've got like 15 guitars. Sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good justification. Sure, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> that is certainly a conundrum. Let's ponder it while we listen to one of your tracks. I'd like to listen to your most recent single. It is called Sweet Girl. Sweet Girl, the most recent single from Elska. 
You mentioned before that you played quite a bit at weddings using a harp, which does fit very well for that setting. I've spoken to a few people on the show who were sort of working and playing covers full time, and it seems as though you went through, I mean, a real transformation from playing many, many covers gigs at weddings to creating your own material. Be interested to hear your take on how do they differ being a musician who's playing covers and maybe the same covers um, quite a lot to being someone who's uh, creating, making your own music, uh, improvising, making your own videos and having that real creative control of your life. Yeah, they are quite different. I mean, I still play covers uh, at gigs all the time. So I'm not one of those artists who are like, ooh, I don't play covers or I'll never play covers because I'm so much higher up above that. It's not, I, I love playing them. Like, but I'll play the songs that I absolutely love. Like I'll play the cover songs that I want to hear. Um, and so I really enjoy that and I throw in my songs as well too. Obviously I do gigs where it's just called for my own original music, which is amazing to to do that and that people want want that and they want to hear that. That's, I guess, the ultimate dream, right? And then weddings, um, weddings were great because, you know, it's, beautiful time to be like part of someone's wedding day it's the most special day of of their life to date and it's really easy work to be honest like it's everyone's happy most of the time on the day and you know it's really easy thing to deal with um from a business perspective as well and it's a good grounding to be in a place like that to really hone your skills you get paid way better than what you would probably get paid playing a covers gig. Granted, they might only come around not as often, but I mean, when I was at, at, at the prime of my wedding wedding singer career, um, when I was at uni, I was about 18 or 19, and I would be playing sometimes three, four, five weddings a weekend. Uh, and that was the main ceremony, not at the reception. So there was good money to be made back then. I never had to, you know, slog it out at at some other some other kind of job. But yeah, creating and making your own music is obviously what's uh, what I'm passionate about and with music. And I think it's only if I feel really fresh. Like I'm nearly 36, but I feel really fresh in the game because. I came out of uni when I was 21, 22, doing, you know, Bachelor of Popular Music and I wasn't, I didn't like launch into trying to be like a music artist at that age, which obviously most people do or even now it's even younger, like the pressures for 16, 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds to be like absolutely killing it is ridiculous. So I've kind of done the flip, like I've done this 180, which is coming back to a career when I'm over 30 and I'm a mother, like, God forbid, like you can't be a pop star when you're a female and you're over 30 and you've got two children. So I feel fresh. I don't feel jaded by the, by the industry just yet. And I think, yeah, it's that idea of just continually chasing the creative, the creativity that drives you and not being afraid to explore different aspects of that um, is really important and not to think that you have to just sit in this one stream of things with your music. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> in yeah, a sure. I actually found it interesting that 
I would have thought that weddings were stressful because there's so much like pressure on the day. Oh. But I guess when you do as many as you did, then it yes. just all I did like nearly well. a thousand in my day. So oh, right. by the end okay. of it, like it was fine. I'm sure like the first time I remember I like it was the first time I played a wedding. I remember I was about 13 when I started playing at weddings and um I didn't really know many songs. I knew maybe on the harp, maybe three or four songs that I felt maybe confident like performing. And like my mom used to obviously manage me then and help with the bookings and things. And like, we were always honest with the couple. She's like, Elska can only do like three or four songs. Like we don't care. It's so awesome. Just play them over and over and over again. And like, so I just did, you know, and it'd be like one song I'd learn and and play when they walk down the aisle. And then you play another song when they sign the register, another one at the end. So you only have to have like a couple of songs really. Like it's not like you have to have hours of music. Um, so it definitely didn't become stressful at the end. It's just like water off a duck's back. It's it's easy. It's easy to do, and I I still enjoy doing it. Four, tell me a thing where I have a list of seven topics and I ask you to choose one. The topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, poetry, Patti Smith, punk rock, death, and politics. So, Elska, can you please tell me a thing? Okay, so my thing I'm going to tell you about is poetry. And poetry is the reason why I started writing songs. So when I was 10 or 11, I was obsessed with a music artist called Jewel. And she is a poet. And uh, one day I saw her on Oprah and she had a new book of poetry called A Night Without Armour. And she was reading some of her poetry and singing her songs. And she read this poem called Lost. And so... At that moment, me, this 10, 11, 12-year-old sitting at the TV watching Oprah and Jewel, I was like, I'm going to write a poem called Lost. And then I wrote a poem called Lost. And that was the first poem I ever wrote. And then I went on to write more poems and more poems and more poems. And then eventually my poems turned into songs and then it just became writing songs. So if it wasn't for poetry, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. For poetry, Jewel and Oprah. Yes. <laughs> All hail Oprah. <laughs> Oprah really is influential, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you ever play any uh, Jewel covers? I have some, yes, I do. I do. I went through this whole phase with Jewel where I, like, tried to mimic her voice and everything so I could sound exactly like her when I sang. I got pretty close to it. So, yeah, I do. I don't break them out that often, but um, I do have my, my Jewel in my back pocket. So do you when you're writing lyrics now, are there any other poets uh, from the past or contemporary poets that are really influential? Mm, not really. Like I don't I don't really read I don't read poetry anymore. I really don't read much, which is a terrible thing because I just don't have time for it when I have two kids and reading makes me fall asleep pretty quickly and the only time I have to read is before I go to bed. So it doesn't really work in my favor. But um 
yeah, my, yeah, I don't, I don't, no, I can't answer that question. That was a fail. Okay. That was no, a fail. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we just stick to Jewel and stick to Oprah. Yes. <laughs> Jewel and Oprah it is. <laughs> Elska, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I have found it very illuminating and it's been very interesting to hear about the harp. Thank you so much, Matthew, for inviting me on to your podcast. It's super duper cool. Thank you. Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of Do SER 107.3. Try to swim to stay afloat, but all you did was sing.